welcome to episode 21 of the Encouragers United podcast. This week, the show is designed to inspire you to encourage those that are serving and protecting us during this COVID-19 virus pandemic. Doctors, nurses, emergency medical personnel, and law enforcement workers, anyone who's at risk for exposure deserves our respect and our admiration. These individuals are working longer shifts, adapting to circumstances with determination to accomplish their jobs. And in their work, lives are often at stake. We can't take any of what they're doing for granted. So I'm calling all of us to look around, find somebody to encourage, for we're truly in this together. I'm still doing my job and I even if my patient has COVID-19 I still need to take care of them because this is my job and this is what God has called me to do. Well ladies and gentlemen have the pleasure of sitting with an EMT an emergency medical technician uh, her name is Shannon Zimmerly. Shannon welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me on this is this is an honor this is really cool. Shannon, we, we see the ambulances and, you know, those of us that live in urban settings, we kind of hear them and we don't even think about it now, but a fire truck goes by and, you know, we just shrug our shoulders and we see it so often. But as an EMT working now and serving, you know, in your community, briefly explain for our listeners, what exactly is your job as an EMT? What, what's your job? All right. So I am an EMT basic, which means that I am the bottom of the totem pole, but I get to support a lot of people in my job. So typically I work alongside either another EMT or a paramedic or an advanced EMT in the back of a squad. So I could be the person driving. I could be the person taking vitals. Um, basically, I'm just your support system in the back of that ambulance, um, kind of the hand holder, the encourager at times and the person that kind of runs that iPad, making sure we're getting all the person's information. Um, but basically, I'm just there to try to help get a person to the hospital in the best way that they, we can and make sure that they're safe and make sure that they're taken care of um, on our way to the hospital. Yes. So that's a simple way of describing what I do. Yeah, you, but you are the first responder. You are I listening am. to a pager or a call system of some sort and when it goes off you are mm -hmm. the first one rushing to that front line then yep we get in our we get a page uh, right over a basically a loudspeaker in our station or through our little portable pager that we have at home we hop in that ambulance and we get to that scene as fast as we possibly can and you're dealing with accidents you know anything that happens on the roads or on uh, you know a farm or a work site but you're also dealing with folks sometimes if an elderly person has a sickness or a fall or they are having a heart attack or something yes. like that as well, right? Yep, we see things all across the spectrum of injury, illness, um, worry. We, we go for anything, pretty much. Yeah. You call 911 and we could be there, we could see whatever, anything. It's a very unpredictable job and you never know what you're gonna see. Yeah. Um, and be more specific with this. You're serving, I think you mentioned a station. So you have probably some hours 
in a station, but then you're also on call. Tell us how that works. Yes. So I work at a volunteer fire department. It's called Sterling Fire District. So we are out in Wayne County and we are a smaller department. So which means that we don't have a very high call volume, but we still are wanting to be there and take care of our, um, our community. So basically what I do is I am part of their part-time staffing. So I work three to four days a week um, during the day and I will help with duties around the station cleaning, making sure we have all the supplies we need. And then also if there are calls during the day, I obviously go on those. Um, and then we sign up for on-call nights, which means that you're at home from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. And you are basically just making sure that you're available in the middle of the night for a call. But since I'm a young person and I'm excited and new to this, um, this job within the last year, um, I actually pretty much go anytime. So if I sign up, I'll go, but if I don't sign up, I still go too. So most of the time I'm just, anytime I'm home and there's a call, I'm guaranteed I'm going to go. Yeah. So what qualifies you to be an EMT? Tell us about your education. You got a four-year degree, I think, but then went on to some further certification and training, right? Yeah. So I went to the Wayne County Regional Training Facility for my EMT class. So basically what that is, is it's a very condensed in the sense of six-month school, but it has a lot of information packed into that six months. So we basically got trained on all things basic EMT. We learned a lot of things about the advanced EMT and paramedic side as well. Um, but basically that was a long school where you had to do a lot of different skills training. Um, and then we also had to do a big test at the end to pass, to pass and be able to um, be an actual EMT. Um, yeah. And then I'm also in firefighter school right now too. So I'm that's on hold right now, but I'll hopefully get that done soon and then be able to run on those kinds of calls as well. Right. So I think that would be an advantage for your smaller rural, you know, uh, station to have you certified in both areas so that if a fire happened to pop up, you would go and yes, your absolutely. EMT certification is, is, uh, you know, valuable as well. For sure. Um, so tell us now that the, the kind of the point of these episodes this time of, of, uh, of the week here is, this uh, COVID-19 coronavirus, this unique virus, and it's caused a lot of changes and, uh, you know, the pandemic and the lockdown orders and, and all of that. Tell us now how your job may have changed and how you guys uh, as first responders are, are responding uh, and changing what you do. Um, so because of the location that we're at in Sterling, we go to a lot of different hospitals. We transport people wherever they want to go, but there are five or six hospitals in our area within an hour, 30 minutes of us. And so we have gotten a lot of updates and a lot of changes from all of those hospitals. Um, so basically we've gotten updates from our medical director, which is the, the head doctor that oversees all of our, um, basically all the things that we do. But basically we have changed a lot of things. We have a lot more PPE that we are required to wear, which would be the masks, goggles, gowns, gloves, more than just our normal gloves like we would normally show up on a scene with. Um, and then also our dispatchers are doing a lot of lot more in-depth screening for people before we go to their house. So they ask them a list of questions that they normally wouldn't ask that are pertaining to COVID-19 just to see if this person could be a potential case for us. Um, so our job has changed a lot in the sense of we have to think about something other than what the dispatch report would be. So it could be a fall victim or someone that fell but now we need to think about 
oh, this could potentially be the coronavirus as well. So there's a lot more elements to it that we didn't used to have to think about that we have to think about now. But the biggest change would be um, the PPE and then the protocols that our medical director is telling us to follow now. Yeah, because you're protecting not only yourself, uh, obviously, but you're trying to protect that person as well, right? Yes, absolutely. Yep. So we basically have to be make sure that we're being really careful because we are a smaller department, but also the larger departments need to do this too, is make sure that everybody stays protected so that we don't run out of people that can help. Right, sure. Um, you know, it, it, it really maybe hasn't become this... Uh, overwhelming tragedy or tr uh, crisis for Ohio. I think, uh, not to minimize what, what Ohio is going through, I think there were maybe over 4,000 confirmed cases in the state of Ohio, but uh, and I think maybe 140 deaths today, which mm -hmm. is super sad, and that's not to be minimized, but it's not like a New York or a Chicago or some other really populated areas. Um, but how is your local area kind of handling it out in a kind of a rural area of, of Ohio? What, what has changed? So I would say that obviously we're under the same laws as everybody else in Ohio, even if we're tiny um, or a smaller area, but we haven't been hit with it very hard yet. I know that um, they're kind of predicting that we're going to get hit with it soon. I know that there are some people in Wayne County that are hospitalized, but it is not to the extent of what a bigger city like Cleveland or Akron is looking like right now. Um, so basically we're just kind of waiting. It's a waiting game for us right now. Um, I'm hoping that it doesn't get to the point where it is a bigger deal for us right now, but we have only about 26 cases. Last I was able to look and um, I don't know of any in Sterling exactly. So I know that neighboring towns around us probably do have um, have some cases, but we have not had any big surges with it yet. So it's kind of just a waiting game and you gotta be patient and just make sure that you're staying positive even though there are a lot of unknowns. Yeah. You know, um, all of our listeners are, certainly respect you and your work, um, nurses and doctors and other, you know, law enforcement and first responders of, of all types. Um, but coming from your perspective, how can we best encourage you? Uh, what would make a difference for us as Joe, you know, normal citizens to, what could we do to encourage you today? Um, I think that honestly, the biggest thing is we need checked on. Um, we might seem like we're invincible people because we chose this job, but we're kind of scared. We're kind of nervous because this is very unknown to us. Um, so I think the biggest thing is if you have somebody in your life that is a a healthcare worker or as an essential worker, check on them. Send them a text to say, hey, I'm thinking of you um, and I'm just wondering how are you doing with this? Um, I had somebody text me today that and it kind of made me almost tear up a little bit. I was like, wow, thank you for, thank you for thinking of me and, and I'm surviving. I'm okay. Um, I think that as for me in my spot, I might be just um, in a smaller area so I'm not dealing with it as much as the people that are out there on the front lines in a bigger area, but I'm still worried. I'm still a little bit scared at times. Just, I mean, responding to a normal call could be a lot more. Um, so I think the biggest thing is encourage the people, thank them, tell them that you're proud of them for working and you're, you're thinking of them because it can be easily, um, it can easily happen that you feel like you're forgotten 
in this at times. So I think just the biggest thing would be pray for them and reach out to them and make sure they're doing okay. And then also if you see an ambulance on the road, maybe move out of the way because we're in a little box. You never know what we could have in that little box with us. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. You got to pay attention. Um, well, Shannon, thank you so much for your perspective. And, and are there, do you have any final thoughts? Anything you would, would want to say to everybody as an encouragement? I mean, honestly, for me, I, I think I want to just thank all those people out there that are doing this job. Um, this isn't something necessarily that we um, ever thought would happen. Uh, people are saying we signed up for this. Well, yeah, we did. We signed up to help people, but this is not something that you could have ever predicted happening. So um, I think the biggest thing for all of us to remember in this is it's affecting everybody. And in those moments where you feel like it's all about you or your life is messed up because of COVID-19, you got to stop and think, this is not just affecting me. This is affecting everyone. Everyone is mourning something. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing I have to remember is I'm still doing my job. And I, even if my patient has COVID-19, I still need to take care of them because this is my job and this is what God has called me to do. Hmm. Well, that's well said. Um, you know, you, I know you are a, a person of deep faith. And so, you know, it's a little unprecedented here, but while you're, you're there at home and uh, we're connecting through, you know, an electronic medium, but uh, for all of our listeners, why don't you just offer up a prayer for first, uh, first responders, really hospital workers, healthcare workers, EMTs, paramedics, law enforcement, any of those folks that are, that are out there, um, and exposed to this, you know, on a very regular daily basis. Why don't you pray for them right now? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up um, all of the healthcare workers and essential workers out on the front lines of this um, issue with COVID-19. God, I ask that you just lift them up and remind them that they're going to be okay and that this is going to end at some point. Um, God, I just ask that you um, continue to lift them up and make them strong and remind them that people are very thankful for them and proud of them for the work that they're doing. Um, God, this is a time of unknowns and uncertainties. And a lot of people are probably struggling with anxiousness that they aren't used to, or they're struggling with bouts of depression because things are different. Um, but continue to remind them that you are there and that you're gonna take care of them and that everything is going to be okay in the end because you have a plan for this. God, we love you so much and we are so thankful that you are a part of our lives and that you're taking care of us even through scary things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Shannon, thank you so much for your time and your perspective. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thanks for listening today. You know, I'm interested in your feedback, questions, or ideas for future episodes. We have a Facebook group called Encouragers United. Please feel free to join that group and the conversation. You can also email me at charlesrgrimes at gmail.com. Another great way to help me would be to recommend a high-energy, positive-minded person that you know to check out the group and to begin to listen to our show.